Uh, I have to admit that I am somewhat afraid for today's episode. I am because I have an emotional tie to this player. I mean, for those who have listened for a while, you know, I like to say I shoot from deep. And at one point, Michael Penix Jr. at Indiana, when he came in for pay, uh, I forgot the incumbent there at Indiana that he unseated. This guy's got some real talent and kind of planted my flag on him there. I mean, talked about his feet and everything since 2020. And I will get to talk to Mr. Matt Waldman here today about Michael Penix Jr., one of my favorite players. But before we get to talking about him specifically, Matt, I want to ask you what we had this 2020 kind of season in there that's that's making some prospects a little bit older when they come out. Does that play any role, the fact that these guys might be a fifth-year senior or a sixth-year senior uh, declaring for the NFL draft? Does that play any role when you're going through your analysis to determine what skills they have that could translate to the next level? No, because I'm not really looking at um, what their draft capital might look at and how people do all that. I'm just looking at what they do on the field. Unless the player is going to be 27, 28, 29 years old in a, in a position where those players are generally at the end of their peak or retiring near then, then no. And, and, and at the quarterback position, what usually happens is once you start, if you can make it to your early to mid-30s, the game slows down tremendously. And if you don't take a too much punishment, um, you're more than good enough shape to actually have some of your best years between the ages of like, you know, 31 and 35. So, and then we've seen guys go much later than that if they really take care of their bodies and their diet and all of that. So, um, I don't really, I really don't give a rat's ass about age, um, unless it's, unless it's at the running back position or the wide receiver position. Oh, good. So there we can get that off the table with Michael Penix Jr. then uh, for folks crying about him being an older player. Um, Okay. My heart is beating. I'm ready to open the floor on this player. Um, When you watch Michael Penix Jr., tell me what it is that that you see in his game. Well, this is fun because if if there's, you know, if you want to talk about like if I had a mean streak, um, this could be the show where I might show it because I'm I'm going to torture Felix, but not in the way that he thinks. It's just the fact that I've watched 2020 and I've watched 2021, and I've only started to get into 2022. So I've really only watched a half of a game from 2022 with him at Washington. So my evaluation's incomplete with him at this stage. So you know I have room to kind of keep. Felix hanging here for at least another, you know, at least another week probably before I like come to some conclusions about where I'm at with him that might be a little firmer. But that said, um, I, I was really, I was really impressed with how tough he was in the pocket um, against pressure. I mean, because at Indiana, they pretty much just allowed um opposing defenses to squat in the pocket i mean that was literally like they lived red free there but he would try to make them pay 
He really would. He would try. And I often was surprised at how, how good of an attempt many of these plays were. Um, you don't see many quarterbacks um, being as accurate as he was throwing in the ranges of the field beyond 25 yards to the opposite sideline or the opposite flat while getting crushed. I mean, I was, you know, I sat there and had a, I gushed over Anthony Richardson against Aaron Donald um, on Sunday afternoon on a, on a viral tweet that I had, uh, you know, where he basically has a jump pass into the arms of Aaron Donald that hits, you know, Alec Pierce nearly pinpoint against man coverage. And, you know, the weekend up to that, you know, and even after this morning and, you know, and this afternoon, there are lots of throws where Michael Penish gets sideswiped like he's a, you know, like a, you know, a dump truck went into the opposite lane and just crushed him. And he's getting, you know, he's getting the target within catchable range, if not pinpoint range. Um, so I was really impressed with a lot of that. Um, I saw, I like the manipulative work that he can do in terms of, um, you know, using the pump fake. The pump fake is a good friend of his, and he does it does it very well in the vertical game. Now, his vertical manipulation isn't anything special um, when I talk about that, it, but it's something that's shared with all top prospects. They all they all can hold a safety and and do a good job of that and come back to the opposite side of the field. So it's in line with that, you know. Um, am I looking for him to do a little bit more in the middle of the field? I need just need to see opportunities. But what I do see is him being able to find that second read or that third read and make a catchable throw while getting crushed. Um, so the idea that the any idea that I would read or hear that he's not doesn't seem comfortable with pressure, well, that might if if that's that, that can change. I remember watching Trent Edwards way back in the day, who was a former Buffalo Bills quarterback, who at Stanford looked like just a just an unbelievable tough dude who just stood in there again, you know, with an overmatched offensive line. And then when he went to the Bills after Adrian Wilson knocked him out, um, he was not the same quarterback in the pocket. So that can change. But from what I've seen through 2022 thus far, um, I would not remotely think that he's uncomfortable with pressure. I would actually say that he's that for as much as you could say that someone thrives under pressure, considering how bad the pressure was and how bad his line play was, I would say um, that's it. And Ty Freifogel and Wap Fillior and Edmonds and whoever else they had did not do him any favors on a lot of games. There were more games. There were a lot of games. I watched the Cincinnati game. Cincinnati had a good defense in 2021. And there were seven or eight. Kobe drops. Bryant and Sauce and Sauce Gardner on that uh yeah on that, on that team. Yeah. Yeah. And he put balls in there that should not have been dropped. I mean, in the same way that I've seen Lamar Jackson get banged for for in, inaccuracies. I'm looking at the number of drops. I mean, from what I've charted thus far, um, you know, I'm looking at percentages of from like say the opposite hash throws, and he's had a lot of them. You don't normally see that many of them. 
But when you're looking at, you know, a player who's had, you know, over 80% completion percentage on throws over 28 yards, between 28 and 42 yards, that's what I call the vertical range. When you've done that, um, both with and and under pressure and and no pressure, and you have a hundred and you're a hundred percent charted right now on you know throws to the vertical sideline under pressure, opposite hash. You're that's pretty awesome. I mean, like from what I've seen, his vertical game is really strong and it's not like his intermediate game is bad either um so it's you know as a deep ball thrower he he's one of the better deep ball throwers i've seen in a while um and so that's really good um the things that i probably want to see more of is uh, is how well he uses his feet to deliver the ball um from what i saw in 2020 he was kind of like this Will this L- is a great a great if i could just interject yeah, sure. here. um i've been talking about michael Penix jr's feet since 2020 and i remember i quincy avery who's a quarterback's coach and very prickly prickly on twitter uh he I, lives he, he lives in my area, not my area, but he lives in Atlanta too. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I forwarded him a thread. I'm like, these are the things that I'm seeing with Michael Penix Jr.'s feet that are inconsistent with the things that I was taught coming up. Um, and he said he didn't see any mechanical issues with his feet. Now, I've talked to um, uh, uh, Dame at, at uh, Draft Count. I think it's Draft Countdown or the Draft, the draft Network. The Draft yeah. Network a few years ago about the same thing. We had this conversation and he said, yeah, I do see the same issues with Michael Penix Jr.'s feet. And so I'm, yes, I'm curious to to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, from what I'm seeing is that in 2020 and 2021, you would see where the midline of the back foot is aligned with the target. That's really like from a broad stroke accurate perspective, you at least need that to happen. Um, what would happen is with certain throws with certain like out routes or routes to the flat, um, he would have the toe pointed so far out to the boundary that it wasn't aligned to the target or, and so it was pointed almost, um, perpendicular to his chest. Um, and then you would start to see in 2021, it was almost exclusively that way in 2020. In 2021, you'd start to see that with vertical routes, his front toe, the toe of his front foot was starting to point towards the targets on vertical routes. So that was good. You wouldn't see it as often with though those routes in the flats and the boundary where he was going outside. It was just exclusively pointed outside, but not really aimed towards the target where, where it needed to be thrown or sometimes he would click the front foot in place as he was beginning his release kind of like what will levis did um a lot at his tape in kentucky and then as i'm starting to watch his 2022 tape i'm seeing a lot more throws now where the front foot the toes aligned with the target um regardless of where he's throwing 
So mechanic, when I, when I see that, I see improvement. I also, but that wasn't a major, major issue. And I can see why Quincy Avery's like, I don't see any mechanical flaws there because there are, there are some coaches and quarterback coaches who just look at that and quarterbacks who say, that's not a huge deal. You know, as long as the stance is balanced, as long as that you've got that midline where you need to be and you're pointing your body towards the target where it needs to be, if the foot's not completely where it needs to be, not a big deal. Shador Sanders has the same thing. If you watch his game, you'll see the same thing with that front toe. Um, now, what was interesting is I think maybe I need to go look at some things um, at the same, you know, consecutively where like maybe I'll get a, look at a handful of plays from the past three years together and see. But I would say that it looks to me on the surface that his release has gotten smoother with his upper body a great deal. Now, he often throws three-quarter. You'll see some sidearm. Um, occasionally, you'll see some overhand. I always thought at first he looked like he kind of looked like he had that Philip Rivers push the ball kind of thing, and he couldn't get always get his body over his legs, and the ball would sail. And and at Penn State against Penn State and Ohio State, he threw a lot of targets that sailed um, for that were just a little too high or very high. Um, but it wasn't his legs were in the position where they needed to be. So mechanically, it was interesting because I've seen at in 2021 and 2022 his release just seems smoother it doesn't seem like there's as much pushing of the ball it seems like it's a little more fluid um comes out really nice um the the release height or the platform still similar doesn't really bother me i mean you, you know three quarters fine um but he can also throw some over the shoulder and it's a little higher than three quarter a lot of the times um, especially in 2022. So the mechanical stuff, little things that I would say I could see where maybe there might be, he, he's continued to improve upon that. And that's a real positive. Um, Decision-making, you know, for me, there were so many, there were so many plays where he, he's throwing with someone crushing him or just like in the way of his throwing platform or all sorts of things like that, that, um, I was, I was kind of surprised at how often I mean, that he didn't really make as many crazy mistakes. Like uh, there, I saw one game out of four, thus far out of five thus far where he made a play where he tried to do something, kind of play hero ball. I saw one time I saw him try to throw across his body, and it was late in the fourth quarter. They were down by seven against Cincinnati, and he it was third and sixteen. Should he have done it? No. Should he have? You know, but he was trying to make a play. Um, I would even argue that. I mean, I would understand why I would say he maybe he got frustrated because he was trying to, he just tried to force it and take things into his own hands. And I haven't seen him do that very often, um, really at all on that, to that egregious of a level. So, you know, do I, 
I, I still need to see more from a decision-making standpoint, but from the pocket, the way that he he can climb, he can flush, he can combine, you know, a short climb with sidestep. He's very good at sidestepping. Um, so he owns the pocket pretty well. I was, I kind of was laughing this whole weekend because when I asked you on our podcast about the idea that some people have that he's not comfortable with pressure, the look on your face you, you was just worth, it was just worth a thousand words and they would have been a thousand word pointed rant. Um, but you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't go that route. But it was almost like disbelief that anyone would think that. And I was laughing the entire weekend as I was watching that because I understand exactly how you would have felt um, watching that. I I would have never thought this was a guy that looked uncomfortable versus pressure. If anything, he looked very comfortable with, in the pocket. And, he, and pocket tested is the fact that he doesn't have PTSD from his pocket experiences is a real positive. So... You know, I don't have a grade on him per se right yet because I haven't added everything up, but I would be surprised if he's not um, going to score a, at a level that would be higher than <coughs> a guy like Zach Wilson, higher than a Baker Mayfield, you know, higher than guys who you have... Didn't, you didn't like either of those guys. That I didn't, doesn't give me very but, much comfort. But... But what I'm saying is, is that those guys were those guys were seen as number one overall caliber picks, um, and I like him a good bit better than that. Um, am I going to put him? I wouldn't be surprised if you know when I look back, I probably have two in Burrow, maybe a little lower than how they've actually turned out. Um, but I I liked them; they were borderline. Um, you know, rotational starters as rookies, meaning, you know, you could put them in and feel like with the right system, they could produce for you well. And Burrow certainly did that. And I thought Tagovailoa showed a lot of that, even though there was a lot of BS surrounding Miami that year. Um, I think Penix will at least be in that range. I, I could see that happening unless there's just something in his 22 and 23 tape that, is has regressed or gotten worse or been exploited and i don't see that right early on if anything i would think he's gotten better and especially from what i've seen his consistent progress so i like michael Penix, and i think this is just another i i think you also have a nice eye for quarterback talent from what i've seen felix just from the past couple of years talking about um you know guys like jake hayner and Anthony Richardson, I think that the guys that people tend to tend to just write off with narratives, you you tend to see beyond the narrative very well, um, you, you know. And and I, you know, because I'm looking, at, I like Jake Hayner from what I saw. I loved Anthony Richardson from what I saw, and I'm I mean, on we that track on the with same Penix. page on on uh, Carson Strong. Also, I mean, it's yeah. it's funny sitting here. This is coming full circle because. I think it was before we started the website, maybe where I was sending you questions about like, I'm seeing this with this player, Carson strong. And uh, I think I I just, yeah, but let's, let's not denigrate what we're looking at from strong because Carson strong is a great example of a player who 
I would say if he had Desmond Ritter's legs um, um, and he was drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, no one would be complaining about Drake London and Elijah or excuse me, Kyle Pitts or anything. Atlanta would be a, a good offense. They would probably be a, honestly, they'd be a Chargers-esque type of offense if they had a better quarterback. Um, and I, and Strong's legs probably scared everybody off. Um, and there was rumors about maybe things off the field in terms of personality, behavior, how he, how he dealt with people. And if that's the case, that has nothing to do with what we watched. Um, let me, I have listened to you long enough to know, um, kind of the emotion and enthusiasm you've spoken with players like Patrick Mahomes when you saw him, Frank Gore, Tajay Spears last year, Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, even Nick, calling Nick Chubb over, over Saquon Barkley, you know, in this class, is there any player that you've watched so far? that has elicited some sort of excitement or enthusiasm? Or are we too early in the process? We're probably a little too early in the process because quarterback, for sure, takes me a little bit of time unless I just see something special right off the bat. So those two, you know, the two guys we talked about, certainly, you know, Mahomes certainly fit that bill. Anthony Richardson fit that bill for me. Um I would I would say if there's a player that kind of fits that bill, um, let me see if I can. And of course, it. I I didn't I didn't prepare prepare you for for this for this question. No, I, no I it's just, okay. I think I'm asking because, and I'm filibustering here. I think I'm asking this question be, because when I saw Michael Penix Jr. in 2020, it elicited that type of emotion for me. I'm like, this guy has no time to throw. He's at Indiana, which is not any sort yeah. of football power he's getting hit in his mouth and is yeah. delivering the ball downfield and it's not like he's throwing the ball 10 yards downfield he's throwing laser beams you know 25 yeah. 30 yards down the field and when i think about if i'm an offensive coordinator and i'm like all right what is this guy what can this guy do he's probably not somebody i'm gonna have roll out and throw on the run but from the pocket there's no quadrant on the field that i can't throw to that i can't call yeah. if i'm you know no down and distance no hash that I can't, I, there's no throw that he can't make uh, from the from the pocket. And so, um, well, I think enthusiastic about him. So. And and I get that. And I think that probably for me is it's going to be one of two things. It's either that's going to continue to win me over, and I'm going to look at everything that I do because I break so much down with quarterback play. I mean, I look at so much and track so many little details. It it's hard for me sometimes to um, tell you where I'm, how I feel about the player until I've put it all back together again. Um, now that said, Richardson and Mahomes were definitely exceptional in that case. Chad Kelly was exceptional in that case. I would say that I, I remember before I really started breaking it down to the level that I did that players like Penix would really hit my wheelhouse and I, and emotionally I would, I would feel the way you did. And it was because anybody who can take a hit in the mouth and make the types of throws that he did, that really, that is football. That is like, that's the, that's the warrior kind of thing. 
So I totally see that with him. I totally see him becoming a starter at some point in the NFL. I think that that's, and I think that he's going to be a, 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 a tough player, a dog, a kind, you know, in that sort of sense that people are going to admire his game, whether he's a long-term starter or a journeyman starter in the league or, or what, however it works out. What I'm looking to see now is the higher end decision making skills and i just haven't seen enough from him to say that stands out beyond um the normal prospects that we see who are talked about at the high end i mean i'll say this i haven't seen many flaws i just haven't seen like anthony richardson like manipulating linebackers while moving you know moving in a pocket where everyone's saying he's raw and I'm looking at them and going, you're, he's inexperienced. You know, I talked about today on Lockdown Colts with um, Jake Arthur. It's like, you know, this is a guy who, if he were a musician, he, he's got a great sound. He's got great rhythm. He, he has great command over his instrument. Um, and he's played two genres of music, but he's never really played country music before. So he doesn't know the canon. He doesn't understand like certain things that are going to be required with country music that are maybe a little different than the kind of music he, that he's played. And now he's in a league that's asking him to do some of that stuff and he's never seen some of these things before. That doesn't mean that he's he's raw. If he was raw, he couldn't play his instrument. You know, he couldn't he couldn't hear. He wouldn't have the ear. He wouldn't be able to interact with people and do and 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 play with the in a compelling way. Well, Penix to me is the type of guy that you know you can see that he's got he's got skills. It's just the higher end, it's the higher end processing that I wanna that that I need to see a little bit more of because he also throws so much vertically down the field. While I have seen a lot of in cuts and and some slants here and there, mostly in cuts and outs. Um, there's just enough accuracy issues that I want. I'm looking forward to seeing more of the Washington tape with clean pockets because I have a feeling if I do see that, he's going to wind up looking to me much more CJ Stroud like than you know than you know Will Levis like you know on term in terms of like decision maker who's ready to step in and produce right away. Um, so yeah, is there anybody that fits, you know, that really has me thinking, you know, that I'm that excited about Malik neighbors. I would say he's the one player that I've looked at right now. Yeah, and I'd did. say, yeah, I forgot I'm about pretty, episode, yeah. I'm pretty excited about Malik neighbors. I would also say the, um, the, though on a level that's not about him being refined just yet, but not Blake Corum, but the running back playing with him, Donovan Edwards, Donovan Edwards. just the, just the being impressed with someone getting impressed with someone playing injured and having the explosion that he does and the way he's a physical guy and he plays physical football and he has that blazing speed on top of that. That makes me feel good. Like Rashad White's a guy that people used to be in love with who he had good speed. He had that size he could catch, but I didn't think he played physical football. I didn't think he like, he didn't, he doesn't run through people. He doesn't attack people. 
And, you know, I that's why I like Leonard Fournette so much when he came out because Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette sounded like an aluminum bat hitting a baseball <laughs> when he would when he would run into people. And you want that. Like that's the that's the thing you want from running backs. I feel a little guilty about that sometimes when I think of how these guys are in the league because it's almost like feeling like you're talking about, you know, a level of gameness that can also ruin them. But but it's also I'm also but I'm also of the theory that if you hit first, you tend to preserve your body a little bit better because the energy goes through people as opposed to you meeting a wall of energy back at you that, you know, creates the you know, because you've had clean hits. When you hit someone cleanly, the it just goes right through you. I mean, you don't you don't even feel it. You, you know, so I, I'm 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 a believer in attacking first that way. So yeah, I I like Pen I like Penix. Um, I may like him a lot, um, but I would be shocked if I see anything in at Washington that has me going from I like him a lot to I'm over the moon about him. Um, but liking him a lot as a quarterback, that's a good sign considering that most of the quarterbacks, everybody seems to tout. I'm just like, yeah, he's my ninth guy. He's my 12th guy. <laughs> he's my 11th, you know, that kind of thing. So I would say it's a good sign. Penix, you know, Penix looks good. Admire his toughness, love his deep game and like his pocket presence a lot. If the decision making, if the decision making winds up being as good as his deep game and his ability to hang in the pocket, I'm going to love him. But we're just not there yet. Well, I admire the fact that I get to spend this time with you every week, and I like the fact that our listeners get this content. Matt, thank you for. I will not ask you buy or sell this week because if you were listening in 2020 when he was going in the 20th or 25th round of C2C startups. You would have gotten a lot of equity in that that pick. So I, we we will. I'll, I'll answer it honestly, even oh, though. Oh, go ahead. I'll answer it anyway. I, judging from how people see him as kind of the afterthought of this quarterback draft class, like compared to some of the other guys here, I definitely buy because he's he's gonna be. I think he's gonna eventually be a starter, whether it's a first contract starter or a second contract starter. I think he's going to be a decent starter in the league at some point. And from, you know, if you can hang, if you can hang in the pocket and you throw, you've got the stroke he does and the toughness he has, the decision-making will come. It's just whether he's going to be a star right off the bat. And I don't know whether that's the case, but I know that um, if, if everyone else is all Drake may and um, Caleb Williams crazy, and then they let that Michael Pratt kid, leap up a little bit more or they like one of the more mobile guys who who can't make decisions like spencer radler um you know and they let somebody like that float over Penix. yeah you better take that all day we will take that all day and we will be back with you next week thanks matt Awesome. It's taking a long time to stop. Yeah, I forgot. I started laughing and I didn't see.